Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Female Founders Network, a podcast brought to you by invoice to go I'm your host, Nat, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sylvie. Hey, everyone. We record our show in the Forbes Street studio in downtown Sydney, Australia, but we bring guests from all over the world. So you'll hear people from the US, the United Kingdom, Europe, the Asia Pacific, anywhere that we find women who lead and inspire others. This is a great podcast for women who are navigating business ownership, leadership, or just life. Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Hi guys, today we're talking to Linda Nickel, a Scottish time management and productivity coach who's also a mother of five. Yes, we said five. Linda will tell us about her journey from the corporate world to having children to starting her own coaching business. She'll also give you helpful takeaway tips on how you can get better at time management right now. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hey Linda, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic, thank you. How are you? We're so good. How is the weather up there in Brisbane? It is absolutely beautiful. It's yes. moving from moving into spring and summer. So yes, it's, it's warming up. Gorgeous. Yeah. But you're not actually originally from Brisbane, are you? No, I'm not. I originally come from Scotland, just outside of Glasgow. Um, and I've been in Australia now for 16 years. Wow. Beautiful. Amazing. So um, you have a time management and productivity coaching business, and we are really, really pumped to hear your tips for those things, especially being a mom of five. Um, yes. But first, we'd just like to hear about you. Who are you? Um, where'd you come from? And how'd you get where you are today? Yeah. So as I say, I'm originally from a town just outside of Glasgow in Scotland, and I'm actually an accountant in my previous world. Um, so I was in corporate world in accountancy, and I was given the opportunity to come to Australia um, to work for a bank in Australia, which I took, and it was a one-year contract, and I ended up in Sydney. And within a couple of weeks, I decided I absolutely loved the Sydney life and living on the harbour and all the good things that Sydney has. Mm. And decided very quickly that I wouldn't be back going back to Scotland. Yeah, and so the weather is a bit different. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Suddenly the sky was blue instead of grey. What happened? Oh, so, I do yeah, love I was Scotland. Oh, Scotland's so beautiful. Like the rolling. It is, oh, it's it magical. Is, it is stunning. If you get blue skies, it is absolutely glorious. But unfortunately, oh, they are few and far between. Yes, yes. Gotcha. So, which is why I prefer the, the, the Australian climate. Yes, um, so you're here. Much drier. Yeah, and what, how old were you, just for everybody listening around this time? I was 32 when I the, came about here. About the early 30s. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. So, you decided to stay in Sydney, and then what happened? Yes. So, I was working in Sydney for about four years, having a great time, um, doing a corporate role. But I was coaching and mentoring in my, my corporate role as well, and very fortunate I got to travel the world with that as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then the GFC came about and suddenly in that time I was in a training role and there was nobody left to train because there was yeah. no new recruits coming in so I was yeah. made redundant but that was fine I had decided that I was kind of finished with corporate world um I'd had enough so the timing for me was absolutely perfect yeah okay so I spent yeah probably about a year after that deciding what I what I really wanted to do and sort of dabbling in a different a few different things investing and, and stuff and property so were, were you um, a mom by this point or no I wasn't I wasn't okay then I was I had moved out or no I was still I was still in Sydney I um then I was married and discovered I was pregnant 
not only was I pregnant, I was pregnant with triplets. Wow. So that's really... <laughs> that is really pregnant. <laughs> that is very pregnant. That, yes. yes what was, was that like enormous. when they told you triplets? I mean, what is that moment like? <laughs> well, I'm not an emotional person ordinarily, but I had every emotion in the space of five minutes. Aww. By the end of the five minutes, I was giggling uncontrollably like a five-year-old girl because Aww. I didn't know what reaction to have. <laughs> you poor thing. Okay, anyway, so you have triplets. <laughs> yes, In the yes. middle of this career transition. Wow. Yes, yes. And so that really cemented that I, could, I wouldn't go back to corporate world because um, I couldn't really, I couldn't see how I would look after triplets and being corporate world, I mean, how can you keep saying that I've got a child sick, I've got a child sick, I've got to pick this one up. And I just couldn't see how it was going to work for me. Mm. So then I decided, well, I would just um, do something for myself and started off on my entrepreneurial journey, trying to figure out what exactly that looked like. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And I actually moved out of Sydney at that point as well, decided I didn't want to raise the triplets in Sydney. I wanted to get out to smaller towns. And I went to a place called Port Stephens, oh, um, which yeah. is another beautiful location was that yeah. a, like um, a, a cost-saving decision for you or the space or what was it about it, it was a bit of everything um just because to, to raise children and to put them put them through school is an expensive exercise so having three of them all doing it at the same time yeah and also Sydney is just from my perspective it was becoming too full and just yeah. it was really packed um, yeah. For those of just, you listening from abroad, because we get people listening from America and, you know, everywhere, all all over. Um, in Sydney, a, a bunch of people send their kids to uh, private school. So it does yes. become quite costly to send your kids to private school in a, a pretty expensive city. I think we're in the ninth most expensive city in the world right now. Right. Um, yes, something like that, yeah. So it's quite common for people to move out of the city and to work remotely or something like that once they become parents. Yes, yes. Well, fortunately, we actually had a, a property in Nelson Bay, so we, or Port Stephens, so we moved up there. Nice. nice. Um, and we stayed there for a few years while I was deciding what to do and um, what my life was going to look like. Um, yeah. And so I, my husband, actually, he's a solicitor and he did conveyancing in his firm. He did another firm that did conveyancing. Mm-hmm. And I actually got involved in that. Um, more from a project management perspective, um, gotcha. just helping them run the business, etc. And then it became quite embedded in that. And so I, I kind of ran that and, and kept going, etc. But it was, it wasn't my my passion. I kind of I got into it just by circumstances as opposed yeah. to anything else. Gotcha. I could work from home. I could do it around the children. It was our own business, and so it ticked all those boxes. But it wasn't my real passion. My real passion always was, for, even from the corporate world, it was coaching and mentoring and helping my teams. Gotcha. That was the feel, bit that I always loved, yeah. Do you feel like you needed, so you've got the twins by this point when you're helping your husband with the business. Do you feel Triplets, like you need, yes. sorry, sorry, so sorry. <laughs> triplets. <laughs> yeah. Don't downplay it. They're triplets. Yes, yes. Anybody can do twins. Yeah. <laughs> twins are easy. Um, but yeah, so you've got the triplets. Did you feel like a bit like you needed something for yourself, like something that you could start? Yes, yes, because I had always been, up until that point, I had always been very career driven and I had worked really hard and I had 
gone to university, well, got my um, professional qualifications, I'd gone and got my MBA and all sorts of project, project management experience yeah. and I'd been really focused on my career. And at no point in my life did I ever think I would be a stay-at-home mum. Yeah. I always saw myself with children, but not being a stay-at-home mum. I saw myself as a, a career woman with children. Yeah. Um, and so as much as being at home with triplets, it it was lovely and, and it was nice, but it, it just, there was something missing, something. Did you see that that thing for me? Yeah. yeah. That I needed as, as, to keep my identity as well. Right, right. I think that's so common is like women get lost in motherhood and kind of lose their identity and then just have this moment where they're like, okay, wait, what about me? <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know? yes. Yeah. Yeah, and also, so you're, not only did you become somebody's mother, there was this, and I can only describe it like almost a celebrity status. I was the triplets' mum. Yeah, and, and you find people trying to insert themselves in your life just to to have some connection to these triplets. And huh. then my, the business that I was in it was my husband's business. So that as much as I had my identity running that business, it, it was still his. It wasn't. It wasn't mine. Right. Um, and so yes, I wanted to go off and and do my own thing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So what happened then? So then I, well, I kept dabbling in the investment world and I yeah. was doing some equity trading and property, et cetera. But then along, we actually had another child by this point. I had my daughter mm-hmm. and then we actually bought a farm that was an eight hour drive from where we actually lived. And wow. so <laughs> I was going to the farm every second weekend but that meant the children were only seeing their dad every second weekend because he was going between Sydney and the farm and yeah. it just didn't really work. So we decided we would move to, I wasn't ready to live on the farm because it's too remote. It was uh-huh, well, 60k out of town. Well, mm. and snakes. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> snakes. Snakes are scary. <laughs> they certainly are. They certainly are. Um, and so I decided we would move to the town closest to where the farm was so we went and we um lived in a small rural town Mm. for five years and all the while I was still what am I doing and I had well this point I had I was really thinking about my corporate role and how I had loved the coaching and mentoring side of things and wondering how I can really take that forward yeah then by this point I'd had another child I had had my my last son so at this point I've got five children at one point I had five under five and people used to come to me and say oh how how do you do it all because I would arrive at the school gates the children would get out they would have everything they needed um I wasn't stressed I wasn't panicked I was still running my husband's um, conveyancing firm and yeah I was doing all these things and I was still doing my own um investing and property stuff and people were saying how do you do this and and it was a bit of a laugh and a joke because my friends with one child would be sliding up the school gates as the bell was ringing <laughs> and the child didn't have their lunch and they didn't have their sports stuff. That's, how, that's what kind of mom I am. <laughs> well, I'd be like, wait, it's soccer day? What? Wasn't it yeah, just soccer day yesterday? That was yesterday. <laughs> and so I started giving my friends like just some hints and tips and things. Yeah. Well, and on, how, the, on how to like manage time better was was that the, yeah the so how thing? how to to make it all happen and yeah. how did I have the children um 
all sort of organized and, and had my business organized yeah and I had my investments all organized. how did I how was I juggling all these plates and keeping it all together because a lot of them were running their own business as well yeah and so I was I was giving them some hints and tips on how to do things and they were so appreciative and it was completely turning their lives around it and helping transform them and then they started laughing and joking and saying oh I would pay to know how to do what you do like, yeah oh. <laughs> I would really <laughs> <laughs> And so then I started doing a bit of research and there was a lot of stuff out there on, on sort of productivity and time management, etc. But there was nothing really focused on being a mom with your own business, yeah. trying to run your house, trying to have me time and trying to trying to do all. Yeah. And so that's in thinking about that and thinking about my corporate career and this, the skills that I had from there and how I could I could put it all together, that's when the concept of the time management and productivity coaching. Mm. came about so using all those skills that I, that I had gained in previous and then just my practical day-to-day life um and putting it all together and um so now I have the the women can have it all program which is um about ex- doing exactly that running your life and your children and your business and your your me time and all the other things that you have to do beautiful I find this concept really interesting about like the woman that can have it all but mm. um do you think a woman can have it all in the sense of having kids and a business or do you think she can have it all by having a corporate career and kids because we've spoken Both. to a few women where they feel like they can't do corporate while having children what do you think about that I think you can um you just have to work within your life circumstances so if you run your own business it's a bit easier because you can be a bit more flexible some people say it's easier because you can be more flexible mm-hmm. some say it's more difficult um, because you're you're basically on call twenty four seven. But I think as long as you work with the parameters that your life has, corporate or whether it's your business, then you can absolutely do it. And it's all about being planning ahead and being mindful and uh, focused with your time, knowing exactly what you're going to be doing. I even go so far as to say plan your free time. Now that sounds a bit counterintuitive. Well, how do you plan free time? That's crazy. Well, you, you just you you make time in your diary to go and do the things that you want to do. Yeah. So I do I do think yes, I mean corporate world, um, you might have restrictions about how many hours you work, etc., and when you have to be in the office. And um, but I do know lots of women who are very successful in the corporate world and have children, and even in Australia most women or most people in Australia will be familiar with a woman called Gail Kelly. Gail Kelly was the head of one of our biggest banks, Westpac. She has triplets. And yeah. she raised that she got up that corporate ladder raising her children. Yeah. And her triplets, I think she also has another one as well. So I do think you can as long as you're um focused and diligent about it. Yeah. The word diligence is I think the key because I think sometimes I can make a plan for my time, but then I just float off and don't really stick to it. <laughs> yes. Are there certain yes, personalities yes. that are better than or, than others? And how do you kind of plan for those types of people? Yes. Yeah, so so there, there are there are some people who are very focused on and and work well from lists and to dos and, and planners and schedules etc. And love things color coded. Um, and there's a yeah there's a very a certain way to to work with them and just making them their structures more effective. Mm. Um, and making sure that they are putting the pieces of the jigsaw together 
in the most effective way to get the most out of their time. Yeah. And then you get other people like yourself who will create all these wonderful plans and then never follow them. Mm. Uh, it's all fine and well having beautiful plans, but if we're not following them, then kind of wasted your time putting it together to start with. Yeah. So there's a very structured way about dealing with people who have that tendency as well about how we actually make sure there's execution, there's support, there's accountability and creating habits because a lot of this is about creating habits mm. and we don't do we don't try and change everything in a day you don't try and lose two kilos in one day you yeah. try and lose a, a few pounds or, or, or half a kilo a week you do it in piecemeal yeah. so when we have when we have people like that creating good habits and building upon them then there's the other spectrum the who just wake up in the morning life's a mystery and how they got through the end of the day is, is a bit unknown. Um, <laughs> so there's another way to deal with those where you have to start getting them to at least think about what they're going to do. So you can actually help people every every end of the bell curve. Yeah, yeah. It's weird how you can be so together in your professional life. And then when it comes to like, you know, your mum life, yes. like you could always feel like you're behind, you know? It's like yes. I, I run a global team, but then there were times where I would be like, oh, oh, you know, which day is this practice or which, and it just seemed like so much to juggle at once and to balance the two. Yes. Um, yes. can be overwhelming, even for people who are really good at organizing their lives and productivity and time management in their career. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. And, and especially because um, they are so used to the corporate world and everything being in control and then they, they just don't bring it together outside. Yeah. But you can actually use the skills that you you um, use in corporate world and bring them into your your uh, private life, your personal life. I don't know if you get time for a quick, a quick funny story. But yeah. um, when the triplets were born, one of the things I did, because there were so many people coming at me to try and help, et cetera, and, and all with the best intentions. And, you know, baby brain's like, it's not your brain's not exactly firing on all cylinders. Yeah. And I had to remember what each of these child was being fed, when, at what time. And, yeah. and I had to, because they were premature, I had to record all these things. And it was just, there was so much to remember. Yeah. And I basically put a project plan on a whiteboard in their bedroom. So if anybody <laughs> ever came to me and said, oh, can I help you? All I had to say, yeah, sure, that'd be lovely. And they'll say, what do you want me to do? Just go and look at the whiteboard. It will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't have to think. So you were like, oh. I didn't have- you could do yeah, one of these yes. things. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Awesome. There's the list. Go and take your pick. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you're not ordering so, them to help you with a certain thing. They can kind of come in and, oh, Exactly. Okay. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's Because I found it amazing how many grown adults couldn't make a decision when they would come with all the best intentions to help you, but couldn't make a decision about what they should do. You have yeah. to almost instruct them like a child. Yeah. Um, and I know people don't want to be barging around other people's houses and taking over, but there's times when you've just got to step up yeah. <laughs> and look around and say, okay, I can see that the, the washing needs to be done or the washing up or whatever. Yeah. Um, and just make those calls. So I just had things on a whiteboard and people could just go and yeah. see that yeah. and see what needed to be done and, and take the pick. So yeah, there's a lot of things that corporate women, I think, don't necessarily appreciate how those skills can actually be used and tailored in their own households to yeah. make their own house run more effectively. Yeah. But I think lockdown might be changing that. Right. Um, yeah, because we're all forced now to rethink, you know, how yes. do you balance work mm. and life? 
Yes. Because um, yes. they're coming together. <laughs> and I think a lot of the corporate women who have now had to work from yeah. home as well are getting much more insight into how to actually do it. And I think we might actually start to see a shift of the women in corporate world not thinking that they can have it all. Yeah. When lockdown has probably shown them something a little bit different, mm. giving them a sneak peek over the fence, as it were. Yeah. How do you know if you have poor time management skills or you're not as productive as you could be? Because I feel like there's a stage where people are like, don't know what they don't know. Mm. How, what, yeah. what do you identify in people when they have poor time management skills? So they will be saying things like, oh, I need to be, I mean, I need to have X, Y, and Z to be able to do that. Or I need to have more time to be able to do that. Mm. They'll be telling me that they never get to the end of their to-do list. Yeah. Or they're lying awake at night worrying about things. Mm. Or they, they, probably the most common one is they tell me they're running furiously like hamsters on a wheel and going nowhere. Yeah. Now, mm. there's key indicators that there is something fundamentally wrong in how they're tackling their day. Yeah. And a lot of times it's just a few few tweaks and changes can make massive difference for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting because I've got a friend who who is says stuff like that, like, oh, I've been working like 12-hour days, but I don't know where the time went and I'm still yeah. so busy. And I've always wondered, like, how? How are you still? <laughs> yes. How did yes. you not achieve anything? Yeah. Like, yes. So is it like staring at a screen? Do people get like overwhelmed with the things they have to uh, work through they they do if you've got a traditional to-do list um typically a to-do list gets longer instead of shorter because Mm. as soon as you're scratching things off the top you've probably you might have scratched off two and you've added on five to the bottom so they are very overwhelming overwhelming they if you're overwhelmed you then lead to procrastination because you don't know where to start Mm, you're a bit like a rabbit in the headlights and a bit overwhelmed with it all then you it leads on to you become distracted because you don't know where to start. You're procrastinating. Then you start getting distracted. You start looking at Facebook or your emails or yeah. whatever it is. You're looking at everything except the thing that's actually going to move you forward. Mm. Um, and it becomes a vicious cycle. And people just get into this pattern. And they have been moving and physically doing stuff all day, but not the right stuff. Not the yeah. stuff that's actually going to impact them, their lives, their corporate role their business whatever it is they're focusing on the wrong things yeah Um, so so procrastination actually a sign that you're stressed yes well it's it's, they come hand in hand um if you're stressed you procrastinate you can procrastinate because you don't really know where to start and what to do next and and it's it's hard to make decisions Mm. and then if you're procrastinating you become stressed because you know you haven't done the things Mm. so it's a bit of a double-edged sword they do they do come hand in hand and they come partnered with the overwhelm and the anxiousness all of those things are kind of they're all interlinked to each other and then people will come and tell me but I'm such a great multitasker and I'm multitasking all day and I still don't get anything still got all these things left yeah well you physically the science tells us you actually physically cannot multitask right your brain cannot do two things at one time there's no such thing yeah there's no no such thing i had no idea yes yes it's it's, it's proven by the science (laughs) you physically cannot do it i guess you start a lot of things but then don't finish them Yes, yes, when there's a lot of that as well. <laughs> and that's there's all that then leads to overwhelm because you've then just got more and more things 
that have never been finished. Mm. Um, so there's, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of telltale signs when when people are not organising their time in the best way they possibly could be. And and I try sometimes I'll try and if I think the client's not really buying into it, they're not they're not believing me. They, mm. they just think they're being really busy and and they've got too much to do. Then I'll start to say, well, you're actually stealing time from your family, especially if they've got children. If you tell them they're stealing time from their children, yeah, that kind of gets a bit more attention because mm. they want to be spending quality time with their children. But if they don't get themselves focused and organised, then you find they're working into the nights that because they're anxious and stressed, then they might become short and snappy with the children. Mm. Uh, and it, it just rolls out into other areas of their life. And it's kind of gets to the point where there's no reprieve from it. Yeah. 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 Are you, to live. So, okay. So when you take on a client, you know, you've identified that they're stressed. They feel like they're working all the time and they're not getting anything done. The list never gets shorter. What is your first step with that client to help sort their lives out? So if, and again, it depends on what they're coming to me. If they're coming to me, do they have lists and it just gets bigger or do they plan? Yeah. But the key thing is to start getting their day organized and their day structured. Mm. So in their day, there's a concept called time blocking and I live and swear by this. And it's okay. the one tool that all my clients will see it's a game changer mm-hmm. and it gets more done in the day than they ever thought possible and all it's very simple and all you're doing is grouping together similar style tasks so that you okay. start to get the efficiencies yeah and then there's, there's there's a whole raft of things that go around it about taking away your distractions and different things but we look to get their days organized so that the first thing when they they walk into their office on monday morning or the place of work they know exactly what they're doing as soon as they sit down. Mm-hmm. They don't have this half an hour stuffing around and fluffing around yeah, and, okay. and looking at things and not achieving anything. Yeah. And and in there we will have the well, this is your me time, okay? Whether it's lunchtime or whether it's in the morning or whether it's at night, there's some time in there for you to go and exercise or do whatever it is, meditate or read scriptures, whatever your thing is. Yeah. There's time for you in in there as well. Mm-hmm. And so we just start sorting out their days to give them some kind of structure because if you're if you're overwhelmed and you're procrastinating and you can't take you're struggling to take action if you've got some kind of structure to work to mm-hmm. it's almost relieving the the weight from their shoulders at least they know how to start tackling the day they know where to begin yeah um and the least amount of decisions you can make in the day the more productive you actually are mm, so if you can just sit down and start nailing it without having to think about it again it starts to reduce that overwhelm and the procrastination so that back to the, the question what do I do is I'll sit down and work out what a daily schedule for them might look like just to allow them to start to move forward mm-hmm. then we get into much more specifics and details and tools and techniques etc but the first thing is having a structure for their day that is really brilliant if we're thinking about um, small business owners or freelancers or entrepreneurs, what is your number one piece of advice for someone who is a mom and an entrepreneur who is struggling with time management or even someone who isn't a mom? Mm. Plan your week in advance. Mm. It all comes down to the planning. If you can sit down on a Sunday and it doesn't need to be a big laborious exercise, you can do this really and obviously, the quicker, the more often you do it, the quicker you get at it. Just plan out your week. Um, 
not and and it's using these blocks that that I've referring to they're using a time blocking system yeah. just so you know every day what roughly you're going to be doing or what you're going to be working on the areas you're going to be working on and in there you'll also have the the appointments for the, the if, if you've got children the soccer and the gymnastics or whatever it is and if you don't have children then your appointments for the gym or the personal trainer or going to church or whatever your thing is mm. but having that map because that's what it's a map and it's a roadmap of how you're going to get to the end of the week mm, being yeah. as effective as you can and the real key one if you're a business owner on a Friday you have your review you have yeah you have your weekly review your CEO review people yeah. get different names for it but basically on a Friday you look back at your week and say how did it go oh. and give yourself a performance review huh that's a good and idea and basically think was that was that a good week? Was it not? What can I do better? What went well? What mm. can I move? And just as you would do a performance review in any job that you have, mm. do it on yourself at the end of the week. Hmm. That is interesting. That sounds awesome. Where do you actually do this? I'm so con- intrigued. So, do you block out time in like a calendar, or do you have a spreadsheet, or what, yeah, what is depend? the tool that you use? Yeah, whatever. The, I mean, there are specific tools out there that you can use, but Google Calendar is the easiest place to do this. Or so it might be in a, a journal or some kind of pad that you use or on Google Calendar. Yeah. Google Calendar lends itself beautifully to this. Um, and you just go in there and, and block in the times and you can put different colours for different blocks so that you know exactly what what that means. Because that, and that works really well for colour coding, people that like colour coding mm. because they know straight away, oh, pink blocks are me time and, and green blocks are client work and... Um, blue blocks might be family time or whatever it happens to be that's awesome thank you so much Linda this has been like really inspiring for I think both me and Nat and I'm sure everyone that's listening but um, if, if someone wanted to find you and really needs help with their time management and productivity where, where do they find you the best place to get, do, get me is either on Facebook so either come on to um, Facebook and send me a DM or send me an email and that's Linda Linda L I N D A at Linda Nichols. So it's Linda at Linda L I N D A N I C O L dot com dot au. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. It was a joy talking to you. Thank you for the amazing tips and uh, sharing your story with us. Yeah, I'm off to block out my calendar in color codes. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to send it over and I'll have a look over for you. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, have a good one. You too. Take care. Thank you. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by Invoice2Go. We're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere at any location around the globe. We're helping close the gender-based pay gap. Because the current U.S. pay gap sits at around 19%, listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast get exactly 19% off of any subscription. Just enter the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.